A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She'll teach you how to make it all alright. Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury, and I'm the trans handy ma'am. My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY. We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in a DIY space. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you for listening to this episode once again of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. I want to say thank you so much for tuning in and letting me speak into your ear holes. And to this week, we have a new host, we have a new co-host, because Maggie is not able to record with us right now because she's doing um, sicky stuff at home. (laughs) She's doing sicky stuff at home, (laughs) and she's hanging in there. She's doing good. She's okay. But... Uh, my very good friend, on um, the wonderful, the amazing, the extraordinary, Danny is here today. <laughs> yes! And Danny, just for the audience at home, what is your pronouns? They, them, baby. They, them, baby. I don't know why we instantly, I know, I instantly feel like I lost all the cool points I've earned over the last two years. Oh, you have cool points? Ouch. Uh. Everybody, this is the dynamic of me and Danny. Yes. Um, I am very silly, sassy, and, and like overly happy. Mm-hmm. And Danny's um, a friendship with me is basically one that's designed to bring me down as much as possible. <laughs> no, so don't it, say that. It, if we think of me as like, oh, she's like someone who climbs a ladder and always like, you know, trying to go to the next best thing. Danny's actively cutting the rails on the ladder to make sure I would fall in, to my death. So makes you a better person. (laughs) (laughs) Mercury and I are great friends and we've known each other for three, four years, five years, five Five years, five years. Wow. Holy shit. Five years. Because I met you on the tail end. Yeah. Yeah. I met you on the tail. Shortly before COVID. Yeah. So like. I moved here in 2018, 2019 and I took your class. It was 2018 when we, we met, I think. And now I get to watch you do really cool things like this. Aww, like this. I like how you I love you. I love you too. Proud of you. Okay. Establishing that before. Yeah, I know. I literally wanted the audience to know <laughs> that you're not a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted them to know very early on that uh, our friendship is good. It's healthy. I, I love so. you. Do we, I call Danny my life coach. So yeah. if you ever hear me joking about my life coach, I mean Danny. And it's because Danny and I see each other like once a week at the studio. They come by, we hang out, and we talk about where our life is at. And we kind of give each other our feelings about where each other are at. And they're, yeah, we act as each other's life coach. More Danny than me. I don't really help Danny out at all. I don't think that's true at all. No, I think you're very much like, you got this figured out. Girl. <laughs> Girl. I'm just saying. I think I think that our friendship is cool because it's based a lot in like mutual care and compassion and wanting to genuinely know about where the other person is and talk about our feelings and like shooting for the best for each other and challenging each other to be the best versions of ourselves speaking of mutual care let's talk about care let's talk about care let's get the first question of the day for those who do not know i get these questions and then i 
Um, read them off for you all. And I don't typically know what they're about. I haven't done really much, almost any research today. Um, I had to a little bit because I had to help pick these questions. But I don't know how to say this name, Matthew. Okay, so Matt's going to come on here and make sure I say this name properly. Ariel? Ariel, pronouns she, her, has written us and said, Hi, handyman. Love who you are and what you do. Quick question. I had a faucet installed in my bathroom sink, and the cold water works fine, but the hot just trickles out. Is there an easy way to fix this, or do I need a plumber? Thanks, and wishing you all the success you deserve. I do deserve a lot of success. I'm just going to say that right now. I'm trying to, I'm doing what my life coach always says. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that I'm putting the positive version of me out in the world and like pursuing the things I know I deserve. Damn right. Exactly. Yeah, look at that. Goddamn right. That was growth and development right there. No, you can fucking swear on the <laughs> oh, podcast. Perfect. No, we're good. There's no way I would invite you on this podcast and not be okay with swearing, Danny. I'm so glad. Okay. Anyway, you deserve the world. And okay. there, she's correct. Now, let's help her. Okay. Okay. So. We're having hot water trinkle out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what? What do you do? You have any? Do you have any knowledge on this at all, Danny? Do you have any idea? If, I, the, if the hot water is trickling out, but not the cold water, do you have a suggestion? I don't have a suggestion. I have experience with this. The same thing happens at my bar, so I want to know how to fix this too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, the one thing you want to do is go underneath the sink and just make sure that they're, they're, both of the valves are open. Okay. Right? Like, they'll, they'll have these shutoff valves underneath there. They're typically separate. One's hot, one's cold. And the hot water, you know, sometimes it just, you know, especially if you live in an apartment, sometimes people just turn shit off on you before you move in or something. So, very much could be the case that that's happening, right? Make sure they're all the way open. It should be lefty-loosey, right? It should be pretty much very open when you're doing it. Turn all the way left. Now, if that doesn't solve it, chances are it's either going to be a cartridge or a stem repair. We just talked about this last week on the podcast where it is like a, a, a cartridge is a single-handle faucet, right? And a stem is the when they when they're separate. So one's a hot water and one's a cold water. Typically that's what they are. Not always. Ninety percent of the time though. And when both of the cartridge or the stem go bad, weird shit happens with your sink. So that's when um you don't get as hot, right? When the sink doesn't get as hot as it good. Mm-hmm. Or when it starts trickling out. That both of those things could be connected to it being a repair of the stem or the cartridge. Okay. Okay. That's basically it. It could also be that there's calcium buildup in the supply line mm. um, or somewhere in the line coming in through the hot water. It sometimes happens where calcium buildup will happen inside of the supply line and you'll have to replace that to make it work. So the route, the cheap routes and the routes to make sure that they are in the, like appropriate, the proper troubleshooting, okay, would be doing, making sure that it's properly open. Right. And then doing the supply line because it's like an eight dollar repair, really not that hard at all. And then doing the the cartridge or stem. Those were the, the routes in that order I would do. If none of those do it, replace the whole faucet. Okay. I that, have a question. That, yeah, what's up? If the supply line is your second answer, your first replacement, how hard is that to do? Oh, that's like another three minute job. Yeah. So like just checking and making sure it's open, simple, right? Simple, easy, where to go, right? 
If you are um, replacing a supply line, make sure the water is all the way turned off. Mm-hmm. Turn off all the water to make sure. And then you're just disconnecting the supply line from the incoming valve connected to the, the sink. And you just disconnect those and replace it. Okay. Now, you could also, if you have like air, if you have compressed air or something, you could take it and just shoot it. Um, and make sure that the air hole is nice and big. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they get, you know, a little gunky mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You never know what's coming through your water, sadly. Um, and the calcium or other stuff and other debris can really jam up the supply line. So that could do it. Those are the, that, That's how simple a supply, a supply line is. Okay. If you look up um, a kitchen supply line or um, bathroom supply line, it is fairly straightforward to see you you know what i'm talking about and this is in a bathroom mm-hmm. so i'm thinking it's really straightforward okay so any other questions about that danny i have a curiosity yeah what's a curiosity what what does what does the fact that it's only the hot water and not the cold water tell you about this well the, the, it's it's something so the supply line would be separate too oh okay so they're two separate yes oh. thank you for asking that clarifying question that's very good mm-hmm. so the supply line would be separate too gotcha the the hot water faucet, the shutoff valve, would also be separate, and the stem would also be separate. The cartridge could be separate too, but like one side of it's going bad. Gotcha. All right. It's very common that hot water goes bad before the cold water mm-hmm. because of the temperature itself beats the shit out of all these things. Like. I, I don't necessarily understand why the hot water is almost always the one that has calcium buildup, mm-hmm. but I'm sure there's some good science behind it. There's probably science there. But it there. is true. Like, almost always, if it's going to go bad, like, if, if the sink is going to have trickling something out, it's almost always hot water. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would be my hot take. Okay, cool. Okay, do you have any more clarifying questions? I don't think so. Not on this one. Okay. Well, you know what? Danny's already proving that they are a badass. Hell yeah. I was born for this. To the yeah. Okay. Way to bring that Leo energy. Okay. (laughs) Matthew, are we ready for the next question, my friend? Hi, this is Melissa. uh, Pronouns she, her. The questions I have are, how do I clean my bathroom vents and my dryer vents? So I do rent and my landlord is helpful, but also busy. And sometimes that can lead to some neglect. And I know that those two things are serious safety concerns. Yeah, so that that's my question. How do I take those things apart, clean them out, keep myself safe, keep my apartment safe, and not break anything? Thanks so much. Thanks for all that you do. I appreciate you and your team, and I hope and wish you all the best. Thanks. Bye. This is another really good question. When we're talking about dryer vents in a rental, Oh, boy, it could mean a lot of things, right? This could be a shared dryer, and that means a setup is going to be a lot different. If this dryer is in your unit, that could also be a lot different. Almost always, when a dryer is being shared, right, I, that means a dryer is almost always being, like, rented or leased out from another company, mm-hmm. which means don't fucking touch it. Right. You're not even like me as a technician. I'm not allowed to touch it. Right. Mm -hmm. If this is in your units. Right. It means they probably bought it and put it in your unit. Doesn't always mean that the case, but typically it is that case. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Danny, have you ever encountered anything like that? Do you have any suggestions before I give my two cents? No, I've lived in units where I have had a washer dryer in unit in apartments. I live in an apartment. Currently don't have either of them. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about the fact that if they're shared, they would probably be rented and they would have extra hoops to jump through for maintenance. That's yep. uh, an interesting take. I was never allowed to take them apart. Huh. I So we had a warranty with mm -hmm. ours. So if I would take it apart, I would void the, the warranty right away. So we always had to wait for the technician. But there was the technician was like seven hours away, wow. like in a different state. So sometimes it would like, I need to wait a week and a half to get it done. And I can't tell you how many times I had, like, I, I would put the sign. I, de I developed this whole system because this would happen to us all the time where I would have the sign and I had a date when I first saw it. And every single day after that, I would check it off. I would go back to this unit every day and make sure that a new tenant, because every, that's what happens. People check it every day. You know, this is, they're in that house. Mm -hmm. And this was at the height of the COVID, right? Like, people didn't leave their fucking houses. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So, like, they were trying to do their clothes and shit. And for obvious reasons, they were doing their clothes a lot, too, during this time period. Because we didn't know how this was all being transmitted. Sure. So, like, they would go and try to wash their clothes. But, they, you know, the machines would fail a lot during mm -hmm. this time period. So I would just make sure that it always checked out the box in every single day. Now, once it got to the seven-day mark, right, I had an, a, an extension that I would stick on there that would have another seven days. So you would see it, and then you would see that I'm paying attention. Yeah. That, like, yes, I'm aware it's been 11 days since this has been out. And then I'll have an estimated time of the repair. But here's the thing. Here's a big kicker with this is often they wouldn't come with the right parts. Mm -hmm. So they would come check it, not have the right parts, and w another 11, 12 days would happen. Wow. This, vendors, vendors for washers and dryers are a goddamn nightmare. Wow. Like I, ha I, have a, I have complaints about refrigerators. I got complaints about like roofers. I can't stand um some panthers right like i got i got problems with almost every vendor right mm -hmm. because you know again v vendors are in high demand and they got a lot of jobs happening but very often i was i couldn't make the choice of the vendor so the company i worked for would go with the cheapest option or go with the person who like literally would show up in an unmarked van and you're like okay yeah this seems legit yeah no i don't see how this would be a problem for us and it was always a guy without any type of labeling on his shirt, you know, who looked like he just rolled out of bed like three minutes ago, walking into a, a person's house. And now I just got to trust this guy that he's actually the guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, OK, cool. I don't know who you are. We just hired you. you know? Wow. But that was that was how dealing with vendors is absolutely stressful. Huh. It really is. I, I can't tell you how much I hate it. So when we're talking about dryers. Yes. Right. Ooh, that brought a lot of trauma uh. you've, got, you've got some very passionate very niche takes and i appreciate that about you i think it's because a lot of people don't know how that inner work yeah exactly i would have never thought about of, that. of renters work so like from a technician point of view trust me when i say i have your back yeah i want to help you mm -hmm. but the system is set up to actively make it difficult for me to help you Every step of the fucking way. <laughs> like, I remember there was someone, I can't, I went downstairs, and this is where we kept our washer and dryer, and a guy who I saw every day was one of the nicest guys in the world, 
we would always talk about his um his home country. He always had great stories to tell me, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "This is still broken. It's been a week." And I was I would just tell him the whole story, and then he would be like. This country is full of red tape. And I'll be like, yeah, it fucking is. And he's like, keeps you alive, though. (laughs) (laughs) He would crack me the fuck up. But that was really what it was like. It was like having, knowing that we wanted to fix it, knowing that we wanted to do it, but we weren't, we weren't able to. Right. You know? So let's talk about dryers. Talk about dryers. What is, so if this was not in a rental, Mm -hmm. you would want to clean your, your, your dryer vent out. Now. Your dryer vent it will be on the side of the building outside, mm-hmm. typically towards the base of the, the, the house of the building. Sometimes it's on your roof. Now, that's where it gets tricky. If it's on your roof, be careful. You can do it off a ladder sometimes, but it's, it's not fun doing it off a roof. And you're going to have, like, it's going to look like a reverse chimney situation where you just have dust and everything just shooting up. Like, it's, it's not a fun experience. Mm-hmm. The another route that you can go to is that if you have it towards the base of the building, that's a lot easier and more accessible to get to. You'll know because if you walk around your house or the building, you'll see like a hole that has kind of like a angled shield to it. And that's where the dryer vent is being. That's where all the dust is supposed to go, but it never does, all the lint and stuff. It's the one where you when you walk past the building when someone's doing laundry, it suddenly smells like... Fabric yes, softener. it smells like fabric softener. One hundred percent, Danny. One hundred percent. So, like, they they make these drill extensions. There are four dryer vents. Gotcha. Right, they'll be like twenty five, thirty feet. Love these. Great job. Right. Be careful and don't go as fast as you see them go on the internet, because your dryer vents are not always sturdy. Okay. Right. the The dryer vents that everyone should have are the straight metal ones because they're sturdier and you're not going to get lint stuck in the creases. Those like almost like, you know, like uh, those 1950 robots with the arms and you would see their arms be like, yeah, yeah, you don't know, like those slinky arms almost. Are, yeah. Yeah, like when you're a like, kid and you're trying to be a robot and your mom and dad. going to say like robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those slinky arms. That like those dryer pieces that are like that that kind of like slink mm. around that don't have any like whatever they have creases in them yeah they can cause fire and they're not my favorite they're like the, the stupidest design because they, they they catch lint so easily and they're easily terrible mm-hmm. so like when you are doing this work with your with your drill if you're going super fast you're just gonna fucking tear it mm-hmm. when i see people on tiktok just throw it in there and just go like all out. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you were just you're praying that's going to work out well. Um, so my hot take on it is that's where you start. That's the baseline. Even if you're a renter, even if you're a renter, that's your baseline. Now, you should typically not always in a lot of buildings. If this is like six, eight units in a building, there should be a dryer vent. If this is a bunch of buildings, there's probably something bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's probably located maybe in a basement sometimes, and they'll like they'll suck it all out. But that's on them, not you. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. it goes past that, that's on them, not you. Mm-hmm. But if you're really concerned about it, and as someone who has seen firsthand that a lot of technicians don't do this work, give it a try. You might be the hero of the whole building, especially if it takes you two times to dry it. If it's taking you two times to dry your shit, mm-hmm. like it shouldn't be. But if it is doing that, 
It could be because the, there's a blockage in your dryer vent and is not getting proper airflow. Okay? Now, to finish this off, to bring it back home, if we're just talking about the inside of the unit, if we're mm-hmm. just talking about inside of the dryer, what do you do? Where the dryer lint catcher is, right? There sometimes is uh, a couple of screws that you can take out and reveal a larger section mm. where you can get access to it. This is where you can take some type of scrub brush or a vacuum hose and suck up some more of it. It's not going to be perfect, but it will definitely prevent more problems oh, that's and useful. be better. Yeah, typically there's one or two screws. They're smaller. So be careful and use a magnetic component, like use a magnetic Phillips head or something like that. Be careful. Don't lose these screws, especially in your dryer. That's a more of a hazard. So be careful. Take your time. Don't rush this. And that should be the that would be the solution that I would do. That would be what I'm thinking. Okay. Do you have now? Do you have any clarified questions about that? I don't think so. Someone just uh, <laughs> we're we're right now we're on TikTok Live as we're on this recording right now. And one of my followers just said, use a leaf blower and blow it out. That is not a bad solution. I will say this. If you're in a renter, a rental, and you use a leaf blower, every <laughs> single person who lives in that building will be cussing up a storm. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm just pictured. <laughs> that is so funny. That I... would work. Don't get me wrong. It will work. But can you imagine, like, a mom of three kids opening it up and you're using a leaf blower and it just, like, shoots out? Please map out where the leaf blower goes in this scenario. Is it from an outside-in perspective or is that also from the inside? It could be from the inside. You you put your you bring your leaf blower inside and yeah. put it in your dryer where you take the screws part out. That, yeah, some people have done that. Okay. I, in all honesty, if you're in a house alone... Yeah. Then that would be fine. It's not mm-hmm. a bad way to do it, you know? But if you go outside, Danny, <laughs> and you shoot the leaf blower <laughs> into your house, <laughs> I just want you to know you, you're going to open that dryer up and be like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I do have three other people who live in my building, so mm. I'll let you know how that goes for me. Do you like them? Can I borrow your leaf blower? <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, Danny. Good answer. Okay. Now, this is a good time, as any, to introduce a new segment on the show. Things to impress your friends at a dinner party. Okay. In this segment, I'm going to introduce you to an idea that will impress your friends at a dinner party. Now, this is a DIY thing, a cool hack, a thing that you have never heard of probably before. That will easily impress your friends. Okay. Okay. Now, if you're, if anytime you go to a, a party at a bar or a nightclub or an event, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a wobbly fucking chair or yeah. a table, right? Every single person has encountered a wobbly table or chair. Keep a pack of sticky notes in your purse or your bag because that pack of sticky notes is thick enough. Where typically the most wobbly table will be able to be fixed by that. Now, here's a great thing about sticky notes. If it's not the right height, you just take more off. And then you can get to be the exact height you want it. Quick and easy fix. And now you know exactly how much, like, if you want to put, if this is at home, right? Now you know exactly how tall you need the actual fix to be. Amazing. Right? 
Simple, easy. I love that one. Sticky notes save the day. Sticky notes save the day. You can use this on like almost everything. Yep. I've already done it twice in the office. I fucking love it. <laughs> I was little. I I broke my table the other day. Like I literally cut the a piece of the leg off, and then put. <laughs> I know. And then I put this underneath, and I went. Well, it worked. Well, now you know. <laughs> can I roast you for a second? Yeah. I would like your audience to know that you put so much love and effort and care into making sure that other people have the resources to take care of their spaces and to fix things around their home. And also <laughs> your <laughs> space is perpetually in shambles. Oh, not this space. No. But you mean like... Well, I mean, you did just admit to cutting off a piece of uh, <laughs> <laughs> table leg Yeah, on a whim the other day. Yeah. No. There is that. Yeah, I, I will say... And there's also a wall in this building yeah, where we have a dartboard, and we have no less than 525 <laughs> holes in the wall. We're really bad at darts. Oh, yeah. But also, I've gotten to this point, and now I go about 35 feet back, and I just throw it at the dartboard, and I see if I can get it on the dartboard. How? What's the ratio there? Pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty, <laughs> maybe one to seven. Oh, okay. Like, it's not getting on the dartboard very often. <laughs> but when it does, it feels like a bullseye. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, trans handyman, you um, you forget to fix your own space a lot of times. Yeah, I'm terrible at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but back to this. Held this, together with post-it notes, though. Yeah, held together with post-it notes. And that's how you can impress your friends at a dinner party. Yeah! I think that's how I would impress people at a dinner party. Yeah, honestly, you know what? Just your presence and uh, just your presence alone impresses people at a dinner party especially when you show up in time that was a dig <laughs> that was a dig for I everyone 15 minutes late yep 100 percent. okay we're going to answer yet another question today now this one co comes from kelly pronouns are she her and she says now i have a kitchen drawer it's kind of a larger drawer not a standard smaller one and it's got off a track and i don't Know the wheel thing at the end of the drawer that's supposed to go in the track keeps getting bent. And I think for one thing, I think I've been putting too much stuff in that drawer. So I need to lighten the Lord. 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 I need to lighten the load. But now it's broken and I need to replace that track. How difficult is that? Do you have any tips, it seems? I don't know. <laughs> it seems a little more... Then maybe what's I'm up for. So any help you can give on how to replace it, drawer tracks, I really would appreciate it. I want you to know right now, if it seems like I'm drunk, it's <laughs> not. I, I am reading this the best I can. This is the, There is no punctuation in this question, okay? I am doing the best I can. <laughs> so I want you to know, Kelly, thank you so much for, for typing that in. It seems like you were really like just in a frantic place and really wanted to make sure you got this question through. So thank you for asking this question. Now, here's the thing. When we have a lot of weight on the drawer, you're going you're to put a lot of strain on the rails. The rails are not very strong, you know? Mm -hmm. And if the, the bottom of the drawer doesn't give out, the sides will. Do you mm. know, the, like sometimes you see the drawer bow. Yeah. You know? If the drawer ain't bowing, but like you're pulling it out, every time you're pulling it out, the more weight that's on one side especially, the more likely the wheels are to pop off the track. Now, if you have a situation where you have cracked something, like wood 
on it, you're going to have more of a harder problem, mm. right? That's not going to be a fix you're going to want to deal with, right? If this is like the rail itself is bent, you can get a whole replacement, and they're fairly easy to do. Replace both sides at the same time. Don't mess around and try to do one. And, and they got to match. The rails got to match. They make your life a lot easier. But it's not that difficult to take them off. It's usually like two screws mm-hmm. on either one, and then bang, you're good to go. Do you have anything to add to this, Danny? I feel like I would be entirely lost in what qualities I'm looking for in a good rail for my drawers to go you on. You need a length. Yeah. You need to measure the length. Okay. You need to see exactly how. So, like, if you can find, always take, if you if you can, mm-hmm. go to Amazon, right, or any online store, and just, like, browse out there. See what mm-hmm. the brands are for, like, drawer rail replacements. Take them and put them on YouTube and just see how they work, sure. right? A lot of these companies will have specific, like, not how-tos necessarily, but, like, videos and how they function and how well they do. I would say that if you were doing it, you're almost always going to encounter nylon wheels, mm-hmm. right? If, if you're encountering something where it's like, if it's wood and wood rails, right? That's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. And you need to get something different. But if it's wheels, which I think what is Kelly is. Um, Kelly said wheels. Yep. I think that is the problem that she is encountering then I think you absolutely need to make sure that you get the right kind and everything like that. But it's literally the length. So you want to take it out and measure it. What tools might I need for this fix? You're going to want probably a drill. Okay. A drill, maybe a wrench or pliers, and maybe even like some type of like shear cutters. Like sometimes you need to cut these out. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's the case, you're you're in for a, a job. But they don't always come out. Sometimes, it, like, screws get stripped. So, you know, like, a lot of this stuff, especially if we're talking about, like, you know, like, flippers, like, flipped houses mm-hmm. or renters, rentals, will have cabinets that are, like, the cheapest hardware. Mm-hmm. That means that they have, like, nickel fasteners, which is way more brittle and easy to strip. So anything that's nickel... Is gonna be like really easy to fuck up. Mm-hmm. So when they installed them, they could have stripped up the screws. So sometimes it it requires a cutter. So that's when a Dremel comes in mind. So a Dremel, pliers, wrench, and then a Phillips screwdriver. Typically, that's all you need. Maybe a socket set too, depending on if you if they used nuts or not. So okay. Yeah. Is there anything I should be aware of in not damaging my drawers because I'm a renter? Take everything out. Okay. Right? So take out all of the drawers, mm-hmm. right? And then you're going to want to make sure that you get a, the proper entry. So, like, if you have side-by-side doors, like, underneath your sink that mm-hmm. open, and you just so happen to be right next to the sink, so you're able to get from get it from the side, Make sure that's all cleared out, too. Make sure you give yourself a lot of room underneath and on the side. And that's going to help prevent it. And then as far as damage, don't over-apply it. Like, if you have... If it's not coming, don't force it. Call it good right now. And maybe just don't use it for right now. If you're a renter... Call for help if you can in this in that kind of moment. Cool, right on. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Thank did you. Did I did I answer all the cues? Yeah, absolutely. I answered all the cues with my A's. Oh, oh, real good job. 
All right, Matthew, let's get the next question of the day. Hi, Mercury Stardust. I wanted to say that I think you're an icon and I love you. And I'm so happy to, you know, be able to have your content. My name is Chris. My pronouns are they, them. I'm here with my partner, Alyssa. They use all pronouns. And we have a question about hanging up puzzles on the wall. We have a bunch of puzzles that we've puzzle saved, which are beautiful and we want to hang them up as like pieces of art but we rent and we know that like putting command strips on the wall isn't fantastic but you can't really nail a puzzle to the wall so we were wondering if you had any recommendations for how we might be able to put up and display our puzzles thank you i hope you have a great day also hi maggie have a great day bye i'm so sorry to disappoint you I was going to come in red hot with a joke, and you got me. You beat me to the punch. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're sorry to disappoint you, but uh, Maggie's not here. Maggie's not here. We got Danny instead. On the ones and twos, no. And the ones and twos? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. I, I think it's Let's a answer the question, Danny. What do you think? <laughs> Have you considered a frame? That was what was going to be it. Yeah. Can you glue it to the frame kind of yeah. thing? How big are these? Are they, if these are big, like kitchen table ones, where they're like three by five, mm-hmm. those massive yeah. ones, you know, a piece of plywood. Yeah. You know, like get like finished wood, you know, like a quarter inch piece of, of wood and glue it on if you can, you know, mm-hmm. like spray it. Oh boy, that'd be so hard. You almost got to do it prior. You know, like how do you, uh, uh, yeah, that's hard because like even if it's on a frame, right? Like you almost have to like slide it over and then pressure it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do that without not already have done done that. I what? Wait a minute. What if you modge podge the top? Ooh, you modge podge the top, right? All of it. I, mean, I love I, mod podge. Let me. Who doesn't? Every craft like like person <laughs> in the world is like when in doubt, mod, mod podge. <laughs> <laughs> but you 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 modge podge the top, uh huh? Right. One good sheen. Let that dry. Maybe second sheen, and then. What do you think? You think that's going to hold it together to like to, like slide it over? I have to be entirely real with you. I don't understand how people hang puzzles in the first place. I don't know how you pick up a puzzle and it doesn't fall apart. Seems like magic. Well, again, glue. Glue, you think? Yeah, you, Is that I, what happens? I, 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 think, I think they put it, there has to be, right? Yeah. Like you, you put it, I think you put it on a sheet or, or, or the frame first. And then you, once you're done, you put it. You maybe you maybe you fucking mod podge it. I think. And then you put the sh- the, the the glass on top, and you make sure it's pressured. Mm-hmm. And then you just make sure it's really tight when you put the whole frame together. I think that I think so. I would imagine framing it would work. Okay, hold on. This is what the internet's saying. Okay, give it to the me. The audience is losing their fucking mind right now. <laughs> uh, the, the online online audience is like, Jesus Christ, Mercury. You know? <laughs> Someone said you Mod Podge both sides. Oh, okay. Okay. Someone says flip the puzzle in sections, spray the glue on the back, and affix the backing. Oh. That seems like a lot of work. And you can go south real fast. Yeah. I hung a puzzle by Mod Podging the top first, but it was smaller than one foot by one foot. Okay. See, see, okay, so I wasn't wrong. Mod Podge. I would, here's what I would think. 
you could maybe mod podge the top or you could like have a backing like you said of like if it's like I'm trying to like speculate speculate if this is a big puzzle right if there's a reason that they can't put a frame on put it on a frame yeah if it's bigger than that is like super if, yeah. usable for but also can we just say that looks cool like when yeah. I see a puzzle on the wall I gotta say I think that's pretty cool yeah I think so too I, I especially because like, like if you do it together with your significant other how beautiful is that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a cute little memento of time that you spent together, of your quality time. Yeah, I like it. Anyway, we like, like a, that you're hanging your puzzles. Yeah, we like we're hanging your puzzle. Now, a command strip. Now, how do you hang it without it falling down? Is like yeah. a really, like, if you're a renter, mm-hmm. command strip is kind of like your only fucking option if your landlord says you can't hang things on a wall. But I'm just going to say it right now. Fuck them. Tell me what, talk to me about your beef with command strips. I think command strips are. A disaster. Okay. I think that like the product has infiltrated people's minds to where they think that is a better option. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you right now, it's nine times out of ten a worst option. Oh, no. As someone who was a technician, right, I will tell you, I had the, my worst repairs have been command strips. Yeah. Because if a person, okay, here's the thing that they don't tell you about command strips. If you put them on the wall and you take them off and, and, and within the next year, you just take that little tab and you pull it sideways and it comes off. That's fine. But if you leave it on there for several years or you put it in a bathroom where the humidity is high, that will that, that command strip and the adhesives sink with the paint <gasps> and into the cardboard oh, no. of the drywall. And it will become adhered to it, like a one with the cardboard, one with that... A uh, thin layer, oh. and it will rip the shit right out of it. Huh? Right? Uh, someone just said, just use a pinhole. Yeah. Right. Now, my opinion about this is, you can get something called a padded pro. A padded pro is specifically like a wall mounting hanger, like you know, like a picture m- mounting nail mm-hmm. that has a wider than normal backing. That goes on a sharp 45-degree angle into the wall, but it is all padded behind it. So it's not going to nick up your wall. It's not going to, you know, be a problem. It's going to be nice and soft, but nice and tight against the wall. And it's usually one nail going on a downward spiral or two nails that are fairly small that you can fix pretty easy with, like, you know, a tiny little spackle of spackle and you're good to go. Okay. You know? I think that's the road I would go. Yeah. I would say if you really want that, hedge your bets. Hedge your bets. Because if it's a big puzzle, uh, you're going to need a lot of command strip. Yeah. And the more command strip you put, the more likely you are to rip it. Now, if you're going to use that like clear alien tape, oh, you're going to rip the shit out of that wall. We tried some here. I tried two different times and mm-hmm. two different ways to properly put alien tape on and take it off, right? A, alien tape is like extremely, the smell is so strong. It almost pushed us all out of here. It was real bad. I hated the smell. Like, you got to wear a respirator when you're using uh, alien tape. And then the next part about alien tape that sucked is that, yeah, it was strong. It was super strong. But you got to use a fucking whole strip of it. Almost all of it. All the way across. Whatever you're trying to do. What exactly is alien tape? Alien tape is like clear mounting tape. Oh, okay. It's kind of like Gorilla Tape, but it has more, it's stronger yeah. than Gorilla Tape. But it, adhe- it it adhered so much that when I tried to take it off, it ripped all of the drywall. Like it destroyed, it gouged it. Yeah. It didn't just like rip the, the, the thin layer of cardboard off. It went into the drywall and gouged it right out. 
I was like impressed that it that did that much damage. But that's the thing. When renters are trying to find alternative methods, mm-hmm. they're going to sometimes find products that are bad. Yeah. Right? And this is where I've said over and over again, pitcher rails are the way to go. If you're if you're a landlord, put a f- damn pitcher rail and put it all the way around your, your apartment. And I guarantee your renters are going to be happier. You're going to be happier. And so will your technicians be happier. Bring back pitcher rails. I saw your video on that the other day. Blew my mind. I want one. I want one so bad. There are so many holes in my walls. Yeah, we just went over this last week, what pitcher rails were. So if you don't know yet, listen to the episode last week. But essentially, pitcher rails are just like, you know, trim that's on your wall that you can hang a hook onto that can uh, go and hang and hold on to a, uh, a pitcher or a frame on a wall. Super handy. Absolutely love them. But every single apartment should have them. So the answer to the question is? I don't know. I actually forgot the question. (laughs) (laughs) I think, no, it was about the puzzle. It was about the puzzle. Yes, it was about the puzzle. How would you recommend hanging this puzzle? You said uh, like a small nail that needs a hole that you could maybe fill up pretty easily. Padded Pro, get two of them, and then get a frame that's going to um, work with the Padded Pro. Cool. And then do that. Cool. And then I have a video on how to use, you know, frog tape to make sure it's level. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you take frog tape, you put it in the back of it, you mark off where the holes are, mm-hmm. then you put it on a level, then you put it on the wall and you make sure it's nice and level and you mark off the holes where the, the marks are on the frog tape. Amazing. Nice and easy. Love it. Just the way we like it. Just the way we like it. Just like Danny and the Saturday. <laughs> I was reprimanded earlier for making dirty jokes. I would like to make that clear. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Changing the game, Danny. Let's Turning go. it back around on you. Plot twist. Are we ready with the next question? Yes, we are. Betsy, pronoun she, her, asks, could you please give advice about buying and using a paint sprayer? Pros and cons, preferred brands, and any opinions or advice on whether a novice should try one. We have an entire townhouse that we are trying to paint to put on the market. I have loved this podcast and have learned so much. Thank you for all you do. Okay. I fucking hate paint sprayers. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I So I was in the industry and I used paint sprayers uh, even as like uh, an apprentice who would do jobs with people, right? And I got to tell you, paint sprayers were the death of me. Now, this was like 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. Paint sprayers are not what they are now. They're a lot better now, but they used to be they would get clogged a lot. And they would, I, I to me, they were, they were not worth the trouble. I, I, I hated them. But paint sprayers nowadays, like if you're talking about getting one, I want, A, I would want to ask you, are you going to use it more than this one job? Mm-hmm. Because... The amount of money you're going to invest on a good quality one, like above $100, you're not going to, if you buy a cheap one, yeah, but it's for one job then. Because a lot of times if you don't clean them out properly, they're not going to last you to the next job anyways. Sure. Have you ever used a paint sprayer? No. No. Paint sprayers are, I mean, the most common ones are like uh, Draco, G-R-A-C-O, or Wagner. They're really common, okay, and they're like the most common ones out there. And they're also like the better ones. They're okay. better quality. There's a lot of cheaper off-brand ones that float around. They typically go between like fifty to seventy-five dollars a pop. Those are not the ones I would recommend. I would recommend getting something a little bit more heavy-duty that's going to have a better hose, mm-hmm. and that's not going to 
A, be a nightmare to clean because the cheaper ones are always a nightmare to clean. And they're also the ones that clog the most. So make sure you get $100 or more, typically. Okay. And and Draco is the one I would prefer because I think that they're a little bit better quality. And paint sprayers are kind of the thing that they do. Sure. So, and typically a company that just does one specific thing tends to be pretty good at it. Yeah. And they have like multiple different kinds. They got like five or six different kinds of different market points. They even got those big industrial electric ones that are huge and on the racks. Those are great. Those are the kind of, when I think paint sprayers, I think those. Mm -hmm. But the little handheld ones that everyone's been using the last couple of years, I've been really, really into those. Someone just said on the chat that Harbor Freight one was a piece of shit. Yeah, 100%. Anything, when we're talking about paint sprayers, especially don't go to Harbor Freight, right? Mm -hmm. I always talk about how like Harbor Freight does fit a really good need. But there's specific things like this where if we're talking about a specialty tool that I don't even think you really need to begin with, Harbor Freight is not where I would go. If you're buying a specialty tool, buy it from, you know, A, do your research and make sure you don't get the lowest common denominator. Mm -hmm. Get something that is a little bit more of a price threshold. Never get the cheapest. Never get the most expensive. Get the one right in the fucking middle, right? And then look at the reviews. On multiple different sites. Not just Yelp, not just Amazon, not just their website, not just this. Multiple ones all over the board. And see what people are saying. And look for the two or three stars. Look for the two and three stars. See what the problems are and see why you love them, right? And yes, I, I also really like Wagner too. Wagner is fine. But Drac- Draco is the one I would go with. Okay. So now, now that I'm done with my diatribe, I'm how much I hate these fucking things. Okay, thank you. Now, let's talk about like... How would you use them, and what would you do if you're not using them? Yes. A, when you're using a paint sprayer, you're you have to prep more, right? They do apply paint on really good, really fast. The problem with paint sprayers is, as a former professional painter, I will tell you, I can tell when you use paint sprayer. Mm. It's always speckled in spots, mm. and you got to do more than one. One route. You got to do two. You got to do a minimum of two coats, no matter what. If you're trying to cover up white, you got to do, not white. If you're trying to cover up red, you have to use like three to four coats. Wow. Paint sprayers are good, but they're not, they don't add enough thickness to it. I don't think they do a good enough job with that type of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. When, when you're trying to do a cover up, I'm not a big fan. If you're trying to do matching, like, you got, like, maybe a, a different color to the color that you're putting on, but it's just, like, slightly different. You know, like, you're touching up something or mm-hmm. you're doing repainting because a previous paint job it got kind of dinged up. That's different. I think that's a fine in, uh, use of it. But if you're trying to do, like, red on a white wall and blue on the other wall, I think you're better off rolling it. If you're trying to change the color of something yeah, or give something trying, a new paint job. If you're trying to change the color drastically, I think sure. you're better off using rollers. Okay. In my opinion, and I went over how to paint properly last week as well. Nice. So that would be my that would be my suggestion and that would be where I would go and what direction I would go in. Okay. Any questions about that before I go to the next part? I don't think so. No. Now, what would you do instead of a, a paint sprayer? Rollers. Yeah. You know, you get yourself a good extension arm. You get yourself a, a three-inch angled paintbrush that's nylon if you're using latex. And then you're getting yourself anywhere between a quarter-inch to a half-inch nap on your roller. And then you're good to go. Get a 
a bunch of the the covers get a bunch of the the roller covers that are between a quarter inch and a half inch nap and you're good to go i love painting walls i love it so much mm-hmm. it's such a good time there's something so cleansing about clearing out a space and putting down a bunch of tarps and then changing the colors yeah i love it yeah. i love it Back to the prep thing that you just brought up now. Mm-hmm. When we are prepping for a paint sprayer, right? Yeah. You got to put tape. I feel like that would be messy. And plastic everywhere. This mm-hmm. is where I, I, I have said this over and over again. People often think that paint sprayers, the only price of emission is going to be, you know, your, your the paint sprayer itself. Yeah. You're going to jump $100 in that. That's not true. You have to get more plastic. Mm-hmm. You have to get more tape, and you gotta be patient with all the prep work. And here's the thing: you still have to have a brush, yeah, because you're you going to need to touch up the corners, and you're going to need to touch up um, other spots. So, like, I don't know. To me, the, I feel this. I, I feel the same way. I feel like a, with a lot of this DIY stuff is that there's always these products and these things that get popular where it makes the job easier. And often, by easier, they mean quicker and they mean shortcuts, and it's not as good quality. Sure. And I think, if again, if you're doing this every single day or you're doing this multiple times a year, totally fucking worth it. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do a townhouse and then sell it and that's it, don't do it. Rent it. If you're going to do it, rent it. Go to your hardware store and rent it out. That, that was going to be my other question. Yeah, because if you rent it, you can get a better quality one. You can get mm-hmm. a really nice one. That will do a lot better job than those handheld ones that are on the lower end of the market. Sure. You know what I mean? So that would be my high my high but I just get mad about that kind of stuff because I the, the advertisers lie to you. They make it seem like it's this easy, simple thing that's like plug and play, and it's not. It's just there's a threshold of learning that comes with that. And it, not even how to use it, but how to use that specific one you've got. You know, if you're going to do it for the first time, always try it for the first time on like cardboard or outside somewhere where you can like kind of like just go for it and see how it turns out. Don't just shoot it on the wall and think it's going to turn out. How usable and or accessible is it to use a paint sprayer? Is it easy? Does it take some skill? Do I have to know something before I just pick up a paint sprayer and use it? I think the threshold from roller mm-hmm. to paint sprayer is lower. Okay. I think someone who is more of a novice could learn how to use um, a paint sprayer like easier. Okay. Right? Gotcha. The problem is, is how to clean it, how to, um, you know, like maintenance it. How to uh, make sure it's uneven. Um, and a lot of the other problems with it are more intricate. Mm-hmm. Where the roller, I mean, yeah. I, I think that doing a good rolling job is more of a technique-based and can be a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's worth it. I okay. I think it's better at covering up at the very least. If you're doing a good rolling job, I think the most important thing to touch on is what's on your playlist for the day, for painting day. What what music are you listening to to hype <laughs> yourself up <laughs> to paint um, a room for the day? Um, I'm probably listening to Tool. <laughs> 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 I'm not even kidding. I'm probably listening to Tool. I can't tell if that's a pun or if you actually want to no, listen to Tool. I do love Tool. Wow. I do love I was listening to Tool yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Or Breaking Benjamin. Mercury. Yeah. What? 
That are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Danny. When I start listening to Papa Roach, you need to call a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, deal. <laughs> when I when I start saying uh, no or Creed, when I listen to Creed, oh, Creed is set. When I say when I say with arms right open, you need to call a doctor right away. I met the lead singer of Creed in a hotel bar one time, and he was really weird. <laughs> I really wish we told that story on the after show pre-show I... because that would have been a great segue. Because that being said, we've answered all the questions for today. Uh, and you can listen to the after show pre-show, which is for Patreon only by uh, subscribing to my Patreon. If you love the work I do, if you love the work that I stand for and all the things that I do for the community, please support me on Patreon. It's a great way to do it. And you can listen to us tell stupid stories. Like when Danny met um, the lead singer of Creed. We didn't tell that story in the pre-show after show, but I'm sure it's still worth listening to. <laughs> we talked about at least the Fonz. Yeah, we talked about the Fonz, and we also talked about Billy Bob Thornton. So if you want to have our opinions about that. And capitalism. And capitalism, which <laughs> seems like that makes a lot of sense, you know? <laughs> Anyways, everyone, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. It does mean a lot to me. You can always call us at the number that Matt is going to say right now. Six zero eight two zero five eight seven six eight. You can always call that number, and we will do our best to answer your questions. You can leave a voicemail or text us, and we'll, we'll do what we can to help you out, okay? And remember, if you call and leave a voicemail, we're more likely to answer your question. And until next time, remember, you're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Bye-bye. Bye. The theme song for the Handyman Hotline was written by Rody Walker. The questions were picked out by our production assistants, Ray and Basil. And the sound was engineered by Matthew Allen Hag. Thank you for listening. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us keep the pirate ship alive by supporting our sponsors, the wonderful iFixit. They fight for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides to make your life a little bit easier. So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're worth the time.